On today's show, we talk to a father whose ex-wife is dating somebody with a history of domestic abuse, and he wants to know what to do next. We take your letters. We talk about gratitude and some new research has come out. We talk to a woman who is dating a guitar-shredding Peter Pan. Stay tuned. Yo, yo, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. So glad you're with us. Bringing some positivity and joy and honesty and sadness, whatever we're bringing to the world. On the show, we talk about mental health, relationships, connection, communication, what's going on in this crazy mess, education. Anything you want to talk about, give me a shout at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask. And I've got just my desk is a wreck, man. I got shenanigans everywhere. Um, what movie is that from? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Oh my gosh. Did y'all not see Super Someone Troopers? Someone Office Space. Office Space. Y'all are on friendship probation. The whole, the whole, the whole, the whole lot of you. Unbelievable. Don't know shenanigans. All right. Hey, big moment, James. After 225 episodes. So we've come to the It's time to uh, retire the, the Walgreens headphones that we should, speaking of office space, we should go out in the parking lot and bash them with a bat or something. Oh, that'd be incredible. Yes. Actually, I'm going to hang on to these. The new ones that we bought. Excellent. You ever... I'm trying to think of a non-graphic way to explain this. I'm not going to. My ears are one size. The headphones that I shove in the ears are a different size. All I got to say is, dang Gina. I got some P-A-I-N up in my head. But it's cool, though. James is like, these are fancy. It's what you've been asking for. And you're right, James. Well done. Kind of a masochistic producer, but it's cool. Same team, same dream. One dream, whatever. All right, hey, um, we're going to do a couple things today. We're going to have some calls. We're going to go through some of these awesome letters that people sent in. One person here, the uh, Granger family from Maryland, has like a Harry Potter wax seal. It's like some sorcerers or something. It's kind of awesome. And um, talk about some gratitude stuff. So let's get to the phones. Let's go to Steve in Tampa. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, Dr. John. How are you, brother? Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks thanks for calling in. What's up, dude? Well, uh, so the the issue is my ex-wife and I, we have two kids, uh, 50-50. Okay. And she's, she's dating a man with a long and recent criminal history of domestic violence with multiple women, not to mention robbery. So the question is, how do I handle this? Oh, my gosh, man. What have you tried? Uh, Tried everything. I've tried um, her family. I've tried lawyers. I've talked to my therapist about it. I mean, I even... I even offered to set her up with an online dating profile just to show her <laughs> that she can do so much better. Yeah. Um, but nothing. Huh. How old are your kids? <sighs> Six and nine. Jeez Louise, man. Is she at a place where she's bringing this, this um, idiot around them? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're on the verge. They're probably going to get married soon. Okay. What was your... Give me a couple of the... Some of the advice you received. What did your counselor say? 
she had a good suggestion to create um, like a, a safe, like a password for the kids, like an emergency. Um, I think it's like a safe word. Like if they ever just need me to come pick them up, no questions asked. That is a hundred percent. That'd be my number one thing. That's excellent. Or that'd be my number two thing. What else um, did she recommend? Um, I think that was the big one. Um, I mean, there's, you know, at this point, there's nothing that her mind is not going to get changed. And that's not, that's sure. not my, my role. What did the attorney um, say? But my concern, I talked to four attorneys okay. and they all said, there's nothing that I can do. You got to wait that, till something that, happens. That he he, yeah. It's all reactive. Yep. Um, that God. even in the extreme case of like, if he was a convicted child molester, that there's, that would be even a stretch. Like none of them gave me a legal path forward. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm putting myself in your situation. Our kids are relatively the same age. And there's nothing, nothing more important to me than the safety and security of my kids. Both psychologically, physically, all, all that, right? And so I'm just sitting here, not as a, as a, podcast guy or radio guy but just as dad to dad man and that feeling of powerlessness i'm aching with you that's what i'm telling you i'm heartbroken with you brother um how are you doing how are you feeling before i start running my mouth here oh it's it's like you said just powerlessness um i mean i know there's things i can't control i know that i can't you know prevent uh i can't keep them safe every danger out there but this just seems this just seems imminent and I'm just supposed to just take it, accept it. And that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Did, is your wife interested in, does she like the joint custody arrangement? Is this a power move for her? Um, ex-wife. Um, ex-wife. She, <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, you know, oh, that's a whole different rabbit hole. Um, there's probably going to be some revisiting of that down the road. Like if you um, went to her today and said, I'm willing to take hundred percent, take these, these, these burdens from you and you can go live your life. Would she say great? Or would it be more of a, how dare you? It would be, how dare you? Okay. All right. Okay. Oh man. All right. So here's where I'm starting. If I'm you, number one, I'm going to deal with, I want to deal with you internally. And also then transition to the limited resources that you have, okay? Number one, dealing with you is being constantly aware. And I'm glad you're seeing somebody. You got to get some buddies in your life. But being constantly aware of the feeling of powerlessness because that comes out in us differently. There's genetics. There's, there's the models we grew up with. There's all kinds of ways that comes out. But for some of us, powerlessness comes out in depression. Some of us comes out in anxiety. Some of it comes out in rage and anger and we snap or we just fume. Some of it, we end up becoming addicted to scrolling. So think about what's happened, you know, nationally, internationally with the COVID stuff, right? That feeling of powerlessness comes out of of us in all these rando ways and none of them are helpful, right? And so it's constantly knowing, okay, now I've found myself in a situation where my body is sensing it's not in control. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Okay, so that's that's an important thing is keeping yourself well in this process and not letting yourself get down a hole. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so here's number two. I think your counselor is way onto something and I would recommend going one step further. 
So you you've, you listen to the show ever, you know I am radically, radically against phones for kids. Um, I think those things are, I think they are destructive. There's not a redeeming quality about a kid with a cell phone, none. And in your case, I think it might be worth visiting, getting them some sort of connected device. Whether that's the um, the, the GABA phones, is that the ones that that have some sort of protective, they don't just open up the internet to a seven-year-old, right? But there's got to be some connection between you and your kids that then allows them to have some sort of safe text, safe word, safe call, safe way to communicate with you. Maybe even a safe, uh, well, seven's really young to start recording people without them knowing, and I don't know your state's laws, but some way they can connect with you. Do they have phones or devices now? Yeah, they have devices. Okay, they all have right. tablets. All right, so shame on you and good for you, all right? <laughs> so um, some way they can communicate with you. That leads me to number two, and I would explore this with your counselor. But there has to be a reality check. So I'm 100% against speaking negatively about like exes, even when they're bonkers, even when they're destructive. But that doesn't mean that we don't tell the truth factually. Okay, so I would have conversations with my kids about, and this is a this is a good practice regardless, right? There are scary people in the world, and some of them are scary because they're loud. Some of them are scary because they hit other people. Some of them are scary, right? You see where I'm going? And this is going to be age appropriate, yeah. share, don't scare. But we're going to have a conversation with our kids that there is scary people out in the world. And I'm going to begin having conversations about what do you do? How do we respond to this? And I want your kids to know they respond by calling you. They respond if you're not available by calling 911. And be very explicit about sometimes we get so scared that we don't want to move. And that's really important that you reach out to daddy then. Sometimes we get so scared and somebody says, if you tell anybody you're in big, big trouble or I'm going to hurt somebody, then you really have to tell dad. You really have to tell them, right? And having this conversation is, is, it's, it's, um, it's insane. The fact that you're even having to have this conversation, right? Um, and that's where you find yourself. And so what we're going to do is we're going to begin to teach our kids and have conversations with their kids about this. In a less pathological example, my kids know we have a 911 rule. If we're at a store or if we're at a restaurant and I look at my son and say, this is a 911 situation. We need to go. He knows, ask no questions. Ask no, don't look around. We get up and we walk out of the restaurant. And that's happened once. Um, and again, this, some of this is because I grew up with a homicide detective and a SWAT guy as a, as a father. And I run around with police officers in the middle of the night dealing with tragedy. So some of this is me being paranoid, paranoid right? But also, I want to have a situation with him that knows we got to go now. And not his normal, why? I'm still eating my burger, right? And so this is just an extension of that conversation. And invite every time your kids come home, tell me about what y'all did. How was it? What were the good stuff? What was the, what were the B&Ws? What was the best times? What were the worst times? Tell me about a time you were scared. Tell me about a time you felt brave. And I want you to make that a part of the regular rhythm of your conversation with your kids. And again, this is insane that you're having to do this, right? But we're going to have this regular rhythm of this conversation so that, not if, but when something happens, 
It's a part of your regular rhythm. It's not going to be this weird new, you know, you hear me talk about talking with your kids about sex. If you wait to have a big dun, 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 hey, kids, sex talk, it's going to be a disaster. If you make talking about sex a regular rhythm in your house, then when your kid asks a question, it's not weird. It's just part of the narrative. It's just part of the interaction in your home. Same thing we're doing here. Um, but I want to have some sort of norm for them calling you. Is that fair? Yep. Okay. Thank you. Um, are you allowed, and I don't know the, the laws in Maryland, are you allowed to text your kids and check in with them when they're with mom? Or do you have to cut off communication? Oh, I'm allowed to communicate with them any, anytime I want. Okay. So um, I've had some interactions with folks when they were going into meetings and they were worried about safety and I've sat outside their meeting. Um, there was no threats or I've called police officers to come sit outside of a meeting when I was going to have a conversation with somebody that might be volatile. Um, and we had things like, I'll just text you punctuation. I'll text you a question mark or a period or a hyphen. And it would, it will look benign to anybody else, but it might just be you, t- you say, Hey, I'm just going to start texting you a couple of times. You have to respond regardless. And I'm going to text you a thumbs up and you, or that may be a little bit on the nose, but I'm going to text you an ABC. And if everything's going great, you text me a DEF or whatever the thing is, but y'all come up with some sort of check-in system that would be benign. And again, we're not talking about secrets and we're not telling your kids, all right, we got to do this and not tell anybody. Um, But just texting them, hey, I love you. And if things are going great, say, I love you back. And if they're not going great, say, I love the Astros or whatever the thing happens to be, right? Um, How does that sound? Uh, That sounds like a really good idea. Okay. Thank you. Um, Hey, know that my heart's with you, man. And the moment something happens, please don't hesitate. I know you won't. You've checked with four lawyers. You're, you're on top of it, dad. Don't hesitate. Um, sometimes there's some hesitation like, well, that one wasn't that bad. That one wasn't this. I don't want to blow their lives up. Mom is making a really, um, damning decision here, man. And I'm sorry you're in the middle of it. And it's just going to require some extra vigilance and making sure that you're okay. But, uh, man, thank you so much for your call, brother. And we'll be thinking about you. will be with you, man. And for those of you who have an ex and you're, you're post-divorce and you're dating and you're with somebody and you think, man, like this person's got these major red flag flaws, but they love me. And they've, quote, unquote, changed. Whatever. Be so, so careful about how you bring your kids into your life and into your life, kids' lives. Be very careful, man. Your kids deserve more than, than you being with somebody who's an abuser. And quite frankly, you deserve to be with somebody who's more than an abuser. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on and you find yourself wondering what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes can you even imagine and it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life everyone else's schedules priorities and emergencies are driving our lives and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything and it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, 
commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Hey, I got some letters here from folks who have written in and, oh, you know what? This letter is from Maryland. The last caller was from Florida. Man, I screwed that up. All right, um, so I asked people to send in letters about what, what are you looking forward to this year? Like, what do you think, what, what are some of the who you're going to be's this year? And man, I got, I got a ton of letters. Keep them coming. I love getting mail. I'm like a middle schooler from the 70s, even though I wasn't a middle schooler in the 70s. I'm not that old. Um, dude, I love getting some of these. This person write, uh, wrote, Dr. John, you realize that by challenging us to write, will also let us call your bluff at reading our mail, checking back on our resolutions, right? That was all in fun. You worked in higher ed. Consider that the classic. If you're reading this, I will buy you a candy bar. Uh, okay, so this person's calling out. There's been professors, and I may have been one of them, who would tell you at the beginning of your exam, read the instructions before you take this exam. No kid reads the instructions. No student ever reads the instructions. They just dive right into the exam. And then I would put down on question number 50, answer no questions to put your name at the top of this exam and turn it in. And people would have wrestled with this thing for two hours and fought all the way through this exam or whatever. And um, so that's what they're talking about here. So gotcha. There you go, Granger. Calling your bluff here. All right, let's see. Here's what uh, Granger says she wants to be. And I'm just using her last name here. Identity. Who are you going to be in 2022? Compassionate, active, a good friend, a 2 a.m. kind of friend, joyful, helpful, someone who takes care of myself better than I did previously. So someone who's a steward of their heart and mind and body. Body. I'm going to start swimming. I've always wanted to. I'm going to cut out carbs and sugar. Every day I'm going to walk and stretch. How? There's a gym here at my work. Dude, I don't know where you work, but that's pretty rad. You don't do well with it. You know you don't feel good when you eat lots of carbs and sugars. And dude, there's a stretch app or yoga videos. Excellent. So you're saying, here's who I'm going to be. And you're breaking it down into, all right, what does that mean? I'm going to steward my body. And then here's, here's how I'm going to do it. Another one is mind. Weekly meeting with myself. Dude, I like that. Just a weekly check-in. 30 minutes. You're worth 30 minutes a week, people. 30 minutes a week. That could be journaling. That could just be looking at your calendar. That could be looking at your budget. How am I doing? Right? Looking at your exercise log. Schedule class times for an online master's program. That's outstanding. Outstanding. Go get another degree. Good for you. Good for you. Read fiction, nonfiction books. Um, pick up, declutter. Just take 30 minutes a day to clean up your area. Right? Said the pot to the kettle as I look at my desk and I look like, that's just a disaster here. So excellent, excellent. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to who's your identity, who you're going to be, and then how are you going to backfill a plan? How are you going to reverse engineer a plan that works there? Here's another letter from, looks like the Mountains in Colorado. Let's see here. Ooh, they wrote tiny little 
little letters here. Oh, man. Let's see here. All right. Um, Deloney, I'm pretty excited and nervous to send you my goals for 2022. Jumping right into it. I'm going to read 20 books, start financial coaching, um, to waste less food. Dude, I like it. Start a garden. Have our girls help with it. The, they're almost three years old and then almost a one-year-old. Um, get back to pre-pregnancy weight. Not even going to weigh in on that one because then you'll cancel me. The word um, trying to live by is confidence. So this is the identity. I'm going to regain confidence. I've faked it for so long. I want to take steps to go outside my comfort zone and to help grow that confidence. And how do you get confidence? By trying things, practicing things, getting good at things. And you only get good at things by giving it a shot and doing it again and again and again and again. And then you're going to fail and you're going to fail and then you're going to fail a little bit less and a little bit less. And you're going to have success and you're going to go back to failing. And you're going to go and go and go until you get confidence. A lot of us try to read our way into confidence or chatter and run our mouths into confidence. Unfortunately, you can't. You've got to do your way into confidence. You got to go and, and get it done into confidence. And that's, man, we've got a culture. We just think our way into things and think our way out of things. And let's discuss, let's talk. Just go do it. Just go do it. Good for you. Good for you, Bailey. Um, this is my 2021 word that I want to also continue with. Hippie. <laughs> Sounds like James. Not in a Woodstock way, more of a less wasteful, less plastic, better products, more local type of way. Cool. You're going to love locals. My buddy Andy Gullihorn says, I love that. I love this idea of, and COVID's forced some of us to do it. We just got to re-engage locally. Like, what's my community doing? How can I help my community? How can I get a business going in this town? How can I support locally? I love, love, love that sentiment. So that's fantastic. And along those lines, this article just came out in the Wall Street Journal. Is the secret to happiness having a gratitude practice? Those of us who believe in being grateful for things that go, well, duh. A surprising unifier has emerged over the last year in the Wall Street Journal. My Monday morning column, which chronicles the routines and productivity secrets people use to start their weeks. Gratitude. Stephen King does this. Actor Tracy Ellis Ross does this. Musical director Questlove does this. Nike CEO John Donahue spends time meditating on questions like, what am I grateful for? Goes through actors and actresses. You know who else does this? Just regular normal people. It doesn't have to be actors and CEOs. Just regular normal people. Sit down and say, hey, listen. What is going good in my life? Our brains are so wired to look for the negative, to keep us safe, to protect us, that we have to practice sitting down and going, what am I grateful for? Now, I've practiced being a gratitude. I've had a gratitude practice for years and years. Here's my little journal, right? Here it is. I got my uh, stickers on it. By the way, go ruck, James. I got my backpack. This is an unsolicited. We are not paid by these folks. We have no stake in anything. James, that go ruck backpack. I, I know it sounds ridiculous to say that it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's incredible. Do you like yours still? I love it, but I feel like it's so rugged that it's probably bored. Like, I've, I feel like I want to go drag it around behind my car to, like, give uh, it some. You've personified your backpack. <laughs> I think that's your, your, uh, your, your inner voice saying, we should probably just stop looking at computers and go do something. Like, is that what's happening? Yeah, like, it's probably not made to, you know, carry laptops in and out of office buildings. <laughs> I love it, dude. So anyway, is I, I, I've 
for years written in this, in this thing. Um, and I just get a new one every time I fill it up. There's some new science out. If you're not listening to um, Andrew Huberman's podcast, it's so great. He's a medical school professor at Stanford, and he's just uh, a national treasure right now. Um, you can check it out. I think it's the Huberman Lab podcast. It's just remarkable. Um, and behind closed doors, I've heard he's a great human being. Um, but he talks about some new science about gratitude. And instead of writing down four or five things every day, just doing that over and over, talks about the importance of letting gratitude circulate throughout your body. And this idea of sitting down and closing your eyes is very close to meditation, if you ask me, and remembering a time, a specific instance in your life when you were grateful in letting your body re-experience it. So instead of saying, I'm grateful for my wife, I'm grateful for my kids, I'm grateful for food on the table, et cetera. Say, I'm grateful for the time my friend Nathan sat with me in the hospital when my wife was having life forgiving, I mean, life saving surgery when a pregnancy went awry. A guy just sat with me and I can remember my fear. I can remember my pain. I can remember talking with the surgeon and knowing just crisis person to crisis person, this was dicey. And then out of nowhere, my buddy, Nathan, who's a stoic, he's a rancher. He didn't talk a lot. He just showed up and sat with me. And he just sat there and he just sat there for a long time until he came and got the news. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. And man, I'm so grateful for his presence. And if I sit in that and let it wash over me, it's a powerful experience. And that can take one minute. That can take two minutes. And so according to Dr. Huberman, that's some of the new um, research about gratitude. So here's my challenge to you. I don't care if you're in the military. I don't care if you're a single mom. I don't care if you're a hard-charging CEO or you're the assistant director of, you know, the janitorial staff at your office complex. I don't care what your job is. I care about you just as a person, just as a mom, as a dad, as a brother, as a husband, as a son, as a kid, as a neighbor, as a community member, as a, as a person on, who lives in my country. Spend a few minutes every day being grateful. Sit down, close your eyes. Remember a moment, a time when you were grateful. Somebody gave you a job. Somebody reached out and extended a hand. Somebody put some money in your account when you're broke. Somebody came with a, with a great idea and said, I want you to come along. Somebody invited you into a meeting that ultimately changed your life. Somebody hired you and took a chance on you. Somebody forgave you, right? Whatever it is, sit down and just feel that. Feel it. Do it before your workout, after your workout, before you go to bed, whenever. I'm going to keep doing my gratitude. I'm going to keep writing down five things I'm grateful for every day. I'm just gonna, I like the rhythm of that. I've been doing it for years. But I have added this new practice. And I can just tell you about Nathan just now. I can feel it in my body. I can feel it. Go for it. Be grateful. And to you folks who are sending me letters about your intentions, now we're into February. We're getting into March, April. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Look back at the stuff you wrote down in January and remember the person you said you were going to be. Circumstances change, life changes, relationships change, but you committed to being a new kind of person. Stick with it. Stick with it with action. Stick with it by challenging your thoughts and changing your thoughts. Stick with it by making sure you're plugged into a community. Don't stop having friends. Don't stop being connected. Don't stop saying, I'm sorry. Don't stop saying, I'm going to do better. Don't stop saying, hey, how can I make this right? Stay on it. Connection, change your thoughts, 
change your actions. Be grateful. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. It seems like everybody's talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, we are back. Let's go to Sydney in Dayton, Ohio. What's up, Sydney? Good morning. Sorry, you. I, I, they told me to do a countdown off air, and <laughs> I was counting in Spanish, and then they said uh, that I shouldn't turn the mic on. So you got to hear me counting in Spanish. That's what that was all about. We're helping out. I the, learned uh, something new. We're helping out the YouTube kids, and I do like Spanish. It's my favorite language. All right, so what's up? So. I live with a guitar shredding Peter Pan. <laughs> Is his name James to... Childs by any chance? No, it's not. All right, just wondering. A no, guitar shredding he... Peter Pan. That's that's my favorite. All right, tell me about this. He lives, breathes, sleeps, eats guitar. That is all he. he he's incredible. I'd say he is incredible. But that is all he's interested in doing, and that's all he does. Does he earn a living playing guitar? Not really. No, I uh, I have a very, I I take care of everything. Well, Hmm. not everything. His incidentals he takes care of. He he does make money. He could. He could be professional. He just doesn't have the motivation. I take care of the house. I own the house. I clean the house. I repair the house. I do the car repairs. (laughs) so how can i help is there a way i can motivate him what are you getting out of this oh i have a blast with him he's sweet he's affectionate what else i've always taken care of myself always okay have always been independent i have kept myself separate i financially from everybody I've been with. I know, we have a lot of fun. How old are you? Old enough to know better. <laughs> You're getting something out of this. What is it? Companionship. Why? I get attention. Why is this where you have landed as your as your benchmark for companionship? Uh, well. It's not about him. This is a story about you. Yeah. I lost someone after 13 years. Okay. Passed Um, passed away? Yeah. Okay. From addiction. Yep. And during that addiction, I was totally neglected for about eight years. Yep. And then after he passed, 
I met this one and he just hugs me and holds my hand and pays attention and loves me and shows it. And that for your body, for your spirit, that was worth the trade for a season. Yeah. Living, living eight years with an addict is, it's like somebody putting a plastic bag over your head and you can't breathe. And then you're allowed one, one gulp of air, you know, every, every two minutes, right? And you can't breathe for eight years. And all of a sudden somebody takes that bag off your head and somebody comes up and just pumps oxygen into you for a season, right? And it feels so good. It sounds like you got a, a kid. You got a pet. Exactly. Because you're a mom right now. You're not somebody's girlfriend. That is how I feel. That's what you are. Yeah. Your feelings are accurate. <laughs> Often our feelings lie to us. Your feelings are not lying. So you've got a child that you take care of and that offers you sex, intimacy, and human connection. What else? Humor? Yes. I mean, you can watch Anchorman reruns to get humor. Like, what, what, are, they, what are they offering you? <laughs> Like you're getting something yeah. out of this. Is it safety? Is it security? Is it you can't fathom starting over yet again? Like what? what is it? No, I, that doesn't scare me. Yes, it does. Not really. Not starting over. I love change. Okay. So break up with him today. Well, I don't want to hurt him. Because he's, he, he's your kid. Yeah. Now, I was being facetious about breaking up with him. Your response confirms what you already know. Your instant response was not, but I love him and I want to spend the rest of my life with him. It was, now I'm trying to protect him. And no relationship can be built on protectionism like that. Protection is a part of a relationship, but it comes from a deep-seated sense of love and interconnectedness. How long have you all been together? Um, four years. Whew. You can tell me you're not afraid of change. Your body knows this story. The story of loss, the story of being single, the story of waking up and there's nobody next to you. Your body knows that story. And you can tell me like, nah, it's cool, man. It's not. That's going to be hard. Be real, real hard. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. I hate to admit that, but that's true. One of the, one of, I mean, there's so many. One of the great evils of living and loving somebody who is an addict is you lose sense of yourself. You feel crazy every day, right? You feel, oh, yeah. you feel untethered. You feel disoriented just making your way through the world because. The person you love is also the person that hurts you the most. And your body and your brain have to toggle back and forth between I'm in love and I care and I'm trying to keep well and I'm being hurt all the time, either through neglect or positive, right? All the time. And you feel bananas and it can lead to one of two things, hyper codependence or an addiction to absolute stoic control. Mm-hmm. And you hit it. No relationship can survive either of those extremes. 
I fall in my life a little bit more on the, let's figure it out live, woo! And my wife falls more on the list-making side. Like, we have to have somebody that pays the bills in this house, John. And so there's, there's, there's degrees here. But my guess is, just listen to you, if you just, you put your feet in concrete on the control side. I will control every variable from this point forward to the point that I'm going to date and be intimate with a child so I can be that in control. Because part of you is so terrified to risk love again. True, connected, partnership love. Because with that risk comes great hurt and you felt it. Oh, yeah. And the hard, scary, sucky part of love is the only way it works is if you risk. If you go all in. Otherwise, you end up sleeping with a guitar-shredding Peter Pan. Right. And Peter Pan was a child. So you, you knew calling this, you knew calling me that you've got some hard decisions to make. What are you going to do? I, f- I feel like I'm leading you and I don't, I don't want to be leading you. Um, right. What are you going to do? I really, it's, eventually things are going to have to change. So what I'm telling you is they're not going to. I mean, with myself. Ah, there you go. Have you sat down and said, dude, you got to get a job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> yeah, not well. <laughs> You're so yeah, smart. I, what, do you do, what do you do for a living? Well, I ran a company for a few years. Um, I am a recruiter. Okay. And do you do well recruiting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm able to take care of myself and him, <laughs> but, um, okay. But you're, you're wearing that as a badge of honor. You have not dealt with being married and in love with an addict. Have you? No, you have that, that hurts way too much to think about. You have to deal with that. The idea that your status, your level of success is I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. That that's the most fundamental, like that is, Benchmark one to just being an adult. That's nothing to be said for. I experience joy. I actually have true laughter. I've got true relationships where I risk, where I love, where I give and I take and I disagree and I fight and I come back and I love harder the next time. Like you're still so wrapped into your original pain that like I take care of myself. Yeah, I hope you do. You're an adult. And you're really freaking smart. And one of my closest people to me in the world is a world-class recruiter. And you got to be real savvy and real smart and very quick and stay up late and get up early and all those twists and turns of that job. And I know you can do that, but you got a blind spot here because you haven't dealt with the original pain. Why are you scared to go in? You say it's going to hurt so bad. Why? I don't know. I just, I've never felt anything like that. I've had loss, but I tried so hard to keep him alive and do everything I could. Hey, Sydney. That's all I Sydney. focused on. Yeah. His death is not on you. It feels like it. You got to put that story down, sister. He didn't die because of you. It took me a long time to figure out I couldn't do anything 
though in it, while I was in the throes of it, mm-hmm. I tried everything. Of course you did. Anything you loved I could think of. Because you loved yeah. it. But you still wake up every morning with the feeling, with the brick in your backpack that you killed your husband. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true. That story doesn't hold water. It's a myth. And that brick is keeping you from relationships that you deserve, from joy and laughter that you deserve, from sleep. Man, you're talking about people who can't sleep. Be married to an addict. Right? Oh, yeah, the fear all night long. All night long. Yeah. You still don't sleep, do you? Nope. I wake up every night, a few times a night. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, you deserve to lay down and go to sleep and sleep all night. You deserve somebody who will love you and participate in bills, participate in what you want to do, joy, all that stuff. You got to set that brick down. I want you to say out loud, what was his name? The one that passed? Yep. Chris. I want you to say out loud. I am not responsible for Chris's death. I am not responsible for Chris's death. You just said that in a very clinical way. I want you to drop your shoulders all the way down. You had to, you had to say it to get through it, and I get it. I want you to but, drop, uh, drop your shoulders all the way down. Drop them. They're clenched up around your ears right now. I can feel it. Drop them down and say it. I'm not responsible for Chris's death. I am not responsible for Chris's death. And today, before the day's over, you have one homework assignment. That's to call somebody and say, it's time for me to start healing. And my promise to you is this. When you start healing from that trauma that you've experienced, and you've been through a lot, the death is big. The death is the big acute trauma. But you experienced so much. You know this cognitively. Your body's holding so much pain still. Mm. Still vigilant, still trying to keep things going. So much so that it will take love from a child just to keep some oxygen pumped into your heart and just so you can keep going. I want you to call a counselor and say, today's the day. Make that first call. I got to start healing. Will you do that for you? I absolutely will. You promise? I promise. You are the bravest person I will talk to this week. Did you know what you're going to have to walk, the, the, the harrowing hallway you're going to have to walk down to, to heal this, right? Yeah, a lot of tears I've been holding back. <laughs> yeah, man. Think how exhausted your body is from not wanting to feel for so long. From carrying that guilt and that weight. Think about it as a backpack full of bricks. Think how tired your body is. When you finally set that stuff down and let that stuff go and let that stuff out, your body, (laughs) you're going to sleep. Oh, my gosh, sister. And then you'll look over and go, what are you doing in here, man? (laughs) Peter, work or go. I'm freaking Sydney from Dayton. I'm not a mom. I'm a woman who's going to have a a relationship that is – Egalitarian, we're going to love each other, we're going to support each other, and we are going to run for the hills together. I'm not going to be anybody's mommy unless I have my own children. Is that fair? 
That is fair. You're the bravest person I'm going to talk to. Now, here's the thing. You make that call and get an appointment on the calendar, and you your your homework assignment is to email me back and let me know I did it. Okay. Cool? I will do that. If you don't, I'm going to publicly shame you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay? I promise. I promise. You're worth more than all of this. You're worth more than all of this. <sighs> you got a hard... Sometimes I know. Huh? Sometimes I know that. I know. Because you're smart. And you're... A, I guarantee you're a fun person. You're an exhausted person. You're I am an exhausted. anxious, exhausted person. And you deserve more than that. Simply because you're my sister. Because you live in my country. You're my friend. You're breathing. You're a person on planet Earth. Anything you want to throw in there. It's time to heal. It's time to heal. And then get on to the next chapter that is whatever you want to make it. First step. First step down the down the track starts today. So proud of you, Sydney. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, hey, we're back. Hey, real quick, just in case we didn't know how awesome Sydney was in her email, she listed out the guitars that her boyfriend plays. Ooh, let's judge She him. said he plays a Japanese Ibanez and Eddie Van Halen Frankenstein guitar, a flying V, and a hammer, which sounds right up your alley. That's That's even too far for me. That sounds like... A, Flying V, absolutely. If it's the Gibson Flying V, if it's the Jackson Flying V, I would for sure take it, but I'm not going to pay for that. The BC Rich Flying V, the, the Kerry King one, oh, it's so rad. I saw one in Guitar Center the other day. A, I shouldn't be a Guitar Center, I know, but it's awesome. But, dude, those are shred-alicious guitars back from, like, Warrant and Rat days. This poor woman is dating a 35-year-old, 11-year-old. Oh, man. Folks, deal with your trauma. It sucks and it's hard. Deal with it. And if you're a guitar player, put the hammer down. Just put it down. Put the Japanese Ibanez down. Set it down. <laughs> you're worth more than that. <laughs> uh, I do love a good Ibanez. Dude, I saw uh, Joe Satriani in concert. He was great. He plays an Ibanez. That was my first guitar was a Joe Satriani Ibanez. Really? Were you Shredosaurus on it? No. <laughs> what took you astray and led you down to the, the world of jangles and sadness and reverb? <laughs> You're not even going to respond? The Smiths? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. As we wrap up today's show, let's go with this one. The Beastie Boys, dude. Just love it. Dropping this song called Gratitude, and it goes like this. Good times gone and you missed them. What's gone wrong in your system? Things they bounce just like a spalding. What'd you th think? Did you miss your calling? It's so free, this kind of feeling. It's like life so appealing when you've got so much to say. It's called gratitude. And that's right. Good times gone, but you feed it. Hate's grown strong. You feel you need it. Just one thing you, do you know. 
what you think that the world owes you, what's gonna set you free. Look inside and you'll see when you've got so much to say, it's called gratitude and that's right. My boys from Brooklyn, gratitude, right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show.